Welcome to Where Wine Takes You and our first show for 2022. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. So if it's your first time here, thanks for checking us out. We are a wine podcast that gets candid. We get real with the people and stories behind the bottle. Like many, we've also noticed that there is only one wine country, one wine region that is just bursting at the seams with enthusiasm, with good people, great places that's approachable, affordable, not snooty, but has all the world-class wine that any area named after an auto parts store also has too. We are Paso Robles Wine Country, and we are doing it different than anyone else. And man, I've done my show from areas like Napa to Bordeaux to Healdsburg to Hot Madoc, and no one is doing it like Paso. No one is doing it like Paso. It's so true. It's exciting to share it all with you. So if you've been here before, glad to have you back. So for the first show of the new year, we're going to introduce you to two folks that are essential that you know if you really want to have your finger on the pulse and the true personality of Paso, where wine is going, the lengths that we can reach in Paso wine, this is the show to do it. One of them just named Wine Person of the Year. And one of them is a winemaker you might already be a fan of, but if you're not already, I have a real treat for you. Billy Grant, he is one of a kind. He was introduced to Paso wine in 2002, and although he doesn't make wine or farm vineyards for that matter, actually, I don't even know what Billy Grant does. He has uniquely acclimated and improved on the vibe and excellence of Paso wine country, no question. From sales, business development, consulting, Billy Grant is just that, one of a kind. And the best and brightest and most respected in Paso wine country agree because they voted him Paso wine industry person of the year. Now, arguably the most amazing feat Billy Grant accomplished was winning the heart of that of Janelle Ducey. Janelle, a friend of mine, is an absolute catch. She's super sweet, funny, beautiful. She can farm old vine, head train Zinfandel better than anyone else in the biz. And she's a phenomenal winemaker. I'm sure you're a fan of Jay Ducey Wines. I think she was episode one of Where Wine Takes You. So how in the hell did Billy Grant win a heart like Janelle's? Yeah, I don't know either. So we're going to definitely ask. Also, should I ask him when he's going to pop the question on it already? Put a ring on it? Who knows? Billy Grant's new adventure is with a very well-respected winemaker in the game who kind of keeps a pretty low profile, and that's McPrice of McPrice Myers. The wines of McPrice Myers are really a great example. When a good person puts every fiber of their being into the fruit he's getting and into the wine he's making. He's so thoughtful about his wines. He loves Paso so much. And if you've only heard of McPrice Myers or maybe tasted the wines, but have not met him, I'm so excited to introduce you to him today because sharing time with him, a glass with him and some conversation with him is really a treat. We'll also talk about how McPrice and Billy are partnering up because that sounds like a dynamic duo for sure. I show up to McPrice Myers Estate Vineyards. They are off Adelaide Road in Paso. The rolling hills, the views here are 360. I follow Billy up to this hilltop estate, this beautiful, modern, three-bedroom, three-bath house that they Airbnb, VRBO, wine club members get in on it too. It's just gorgeous. Infinity pool, too cold for that today. I already thought about it. But the sun is literally setting behind us and leaving the vineyards and horizon this beautiful, perfect color. It's been a long time since I chatted with Mac on the air, and although I've had Billy on the air here and there a bunch, I don't know if I've ever had Billy in like a long form space like this, so I am definitely excited. 
Give me that moonshine, we'll get by. We bounce all around till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Ex-wife is not going to listen to this. <laughs> There's no fucking way she's going to listen to this. Cheers, gentlemen. This is good. we got to get you more white wine, Billy. What happened oh, yeah. there? What the fuck? i got to say, this white wine is so good, Matt. I'm telling you, dude. I know. This is where it's at. When I, when I want to show Mac off, like I'm out there with people and I'm just you know, doing the thing and you know, I got I want them to focus on the hardworking series, but I want to blow their minds and I give, I give them that or give them one of these other things you might try and say, this is... This is what you're. This this is the world you're 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 entering. Is it hard to make a white wine? wine? I mean, white wines are harder to make, aren't they? I think it can so. be. Depends on variety. But, but uh, when you, you taste a good white wine, I mean, I, I remember when my you know my gateway was like you know Zinfandel, Paso Zin, and then you start drinking other stuff and eating blends. And when you taste that first white wine, that just blows your mind. And then you're like, oh my god, I'm into whites now. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, I think you know, I think. Like any wine, a white wine that, uh, you know, gets you going on making white is always huge. For me, I would say that there was, I started making Viognier. And so, of course, you know, having my first, you know, delicious Condrieu from, Ooh. you know, from some place like Gigal or, you know, Stéphane Augier or one of those great producers. I mean, it changes your mind on what Viognier could be. And so you say, well, might as well try it here in the States. But, you know, I think that was the direction. You always taste something that oh, yeah. sparks you. And for like the beautiful with white, like we're that we're talking about. I mean, this was a wine that, you know, I had. When you go to when you go to visit Chateauneuf de Pop or an area like that, they always the white wine's always secondary. They don't really. They're like, oh, this is just a little white, and they start you out with it, and you're like, this shit, this stuff is amazing, and yeah. they and they look at you like, oh, this is just our, you know, this is just a little white wine. And One then, of the wines that changed my life, it was Chateau Neuf. We were at Beaucastel, and we tried that old vine. I can't even pronounce it. That Via Vineas, whatever. It's that old vine Roussan. Via Vine just means old vines. Yeah. Okay. Via Vine. Yeah. The old vine Roussan. It's insane. From Bocasel. It just I, changed my. I mean, it was just like that's it. And that's I have a whole bunch of that in my cellar because it ages so gracefully. Does it really? You got some of that old vine Roussan? Oh, yeah, decades. Yeah, Where's decades the cellar old. at? <laughs> we got time, right? I mean, uh, see, I do it every time with this guy. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> it's been a while yeah. since we've uh, no, since no, we hung just, out. I'm just kidding. Maybe that's why, though. I'm just kidding. I love it. So. Um, McPrice Myers, Billy Grant. I mean, Billy Grant. First of all, when I first met you, it was like you were like this kind of dude who I didn't quite understand. Does he make wine? Is he a business owner? Is he uh, is he in the, in the business side? And then it's like every time, or you a little of that too. And then and then I was like, oh, he like hosts all these things. Matt, and Max got a little sign language going on over yeah, here. Yeah, if there's if there's an auction or some like fancy dinner, mm. he's likely hosting it. So I don't know. It was really cool to kind of get to know you and meet you. I'm curious. Where wine took you because we're uh, we're of late as it's taken you is to pass a wine person of the year. Yeah, uh, what do you even think about that? I, it, it, it's humbling. Obviously, I was uh, when, when I got the when, when I was nominated, I was taken aback and I was a little surprised. I kind of I've, I've been uh, after four vines and you know my, my my work with Janelle is a little more quiet than my work that I did with Christian because Christian and I were a little louder. Let's say. yeah, this is a little <laughs> spicy. I can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> So uh, t- talk to me about how this works, the, n- the nominations, and you become wine person. Who do you pay the money to? Who does that, how does that all go down? There's a lot of graft involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
you know, you know, I um, I've informally you know consulted to many different people across the industry since I sold my winery. So, you know, I just call them up and I just say, hey, hey, you remember that favor? Yeah, <laughs> that favor a long time ago. The thing that we did? Yeah. No, it was, uh, they were a large membership of associate members of winemakers and so forth and so on. And So you get nominated by somebody nominated, and then people vote on you. And then people vote for whomever. And I was fortunate enough that uh, to be recognized for, you know, I, the passion I've got for Paso Robles, which you is really do, where it comes from. You it definitely from do. And where, yeah. where do you, how did the award feel at this point in your journey? Because, I mean, you've been at it preaching Paso for a long time. It feels good. It feels good. I mean, uh, uh uh, Austin called me to tell me. Um, Austin Hope. Yeah, Austin Hope. He's like Prince, though. He's just Austin now. Yeah, true, right. Yeah, you know, just for someone listening who may not know. Yeah, he doesn't need a lesson. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, uh, he was like, oh, it's about Tide Buddy or something like that, which was cool, and it, it made you feel good. And you know, and I, I work hard at it, and you know, it's not something I was thinking about would, that, that it would be recognized in that way. For me, it's when you do something you love, it's not difficult, and it's not work, right? And uh, when Christian and Sam introduced me to Paso Robles, I fell in love. Obviously, I loved Christian's wine. We're, we grew up together. We're talking Christian TG. Talk about that. Where did this Four all start? Vines. How did Sam, Cypher, Christian, Four Vines, and of course... It, it, it all started with Four Vines right. back in 2002. Christian was about to make a, a decent-sized batch of Naked Chardonnay. Called me up. I uh, I need to move it. I need I, I need to no. I need to need to make it first. Okay. So, <laughs> but I mean, what I is he using you for? I, I just oh, he, I, he, I he just did. invested. In, oh, I see. Okay. I became an investor in two thousand two for some resources. And, uh, sure. And he and he's like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Da 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 da. And, and sure enough, son of a gun went out and did it. And he's like, okay, you want to? And I'm like, well, can we do it again? What are we going to do next? And that's kind of how it all got started. And uh, I was actually looking at doing something in Sonoma County, at a little vineyard called the Chingali Vineyard, uh, 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 doing doing a Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Ironically, with somebody else up there. Where'd you come from? My mother. <laughs> I mean, are you from LA? Are you from? I'm from Maine. You're from Maine. Yeah, I came. I came from Maine. I went uh, via the via Mississippi in the Air Force. I landed in San Francisco and uh, went to JC and started my first company my junior year of college. I was starting at Berkeley, and that became something too big for me to continue school. So I I just continued school right as I start right at the beginning of my junior year. Yeah. I started just, my first company, and then yeah. I guess I just got into I just got into being an entrepreneur, and just never kind of looked back from that. And then I was running around Napa like a madman with bankers that were all my clients, and having a tremendous time, and really getting into it. And that's where I caught the bug. That's an expensive place to catch the bug, by the way. Yeah, a lot of people fight. Well, and then you got to figure out what part of the bug you're going to catch. I mean, do you want to get into production? You just want to be an investment, you know, kind of I, I character. Wanted, I, I wanted to be in it, and Christian was happy enough to, you know, I was like a 12 year old when I was running around. With you got to go back to our episode here. where we talked to Christian Tiji because he is just, you know, he's a freak. He's so awesome, so much fun to chat with, and we love him. What was that like when you're like, okay, I'm going to be getting into bed in business with this guy who's pretty wild? It was, it, it was fine because I, I was up for being wild in it too, artistic and, 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 it was, and it was, it was eccentric. It, 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 it's okay if you if, if you keep your eye on certain things. You can you can operate like a garage band, which is kind of what we did. The more fun we had, the more wine we sold. Sam made sure things didn't get out of hand on the other side of it, and we just rolled forward. We rolled forward with breakneck speed, though. I mean, not too many people were growing at the rate we were growing in that six-year absolute. Was that the idea? Was the idea to get it to a place that can get acquired it, it, and get out, or what? There, there, I don't know that there was an idea. Yeah. It was go like hell until someone tells you you can't go like hell anymore. Yeah, what'd you learn from that enterprise? 
maybe growing with a little more of a forward plan out ahead of you. The more, the more I run it more like a regular, like I would have done a regular business. I was new to the wine business and I'm like, well, we'll just make as much as it takes to, to meet the sales demand. And that's what we did. And we had great partners in our bank and great, you know, and I was obviously very invested and very excited about that. So I, um, so it was it great was times. The it wine was, just, was selling the wine. I mean, it was the, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you imagine traveling with Christian and like you're going out, travel with them, going like so out to dinner fun. with them. Yeah. I mean, when Christian, I said, Chris, you got to teach me something about the sales side before I take this on. So it's summer 2004. He says, okay, we're going to fly to Washington, D.C. He tells me what we're going to do. We land in D.C. And we get the rental car. And I shit you not, he, start, he dials up this first person we're going to see somewhere in Virginia. He's talking to the person. And I can tell, you haven't fucking talked to them. Holy Cold shit. <laughs> and, he go, and, and he gets to the phone and goes, yeah, okay, we're not going to Virginia. We're driving to South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. And we're in Dulles International in Washington, D.C. We drive to South Carolina. And we get there in time to go out to this amazing dinner. We drink Pinot all night. We stay out till 3 in the morning. The next morning, the, the door of our hotel room started getting knocked on about 9 o'clock. And I kid you not, these two girls break into the room and start yelling at Christian, get out of bed, you lazy bum, we got to go sell some wine. That's my first ride with. Wow. And, they, and, they, and Chris goes, get out of here, we'll be ready in a little bit. And I go, Chris, what's going on? He goes, I'm going to ride with her, ride with her. we're going to go sell a bunch of wine today. He goes, just, you, you, you know what to do. Yeah. And we did it. And that was my first sales trip. And that's These how stories I on the to, road, then you're like, well, this business That's how I learned how to do it. I go, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, but, uh, fast forward to after Four Vines, and maybe take me up a little bit into jump around to where wine's taking it to here. Well, you know, working with Janelle and her project was, yeah. was a huge piece in the middle of all this. You know, I'm picking grapes one morning. So we're talking about Janelle Ducey, Janelle Ducey. who's your she's, partner, who's your gal. She's driving a tractor. Sure. Well, she's the real deal. I'm, I mean, everyone I'm, loves Janelle. I'm chatting her up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. new guy in town. And uh, she was about to start to go commercial. So we just, we, we, we talked about wine. We were friends first and we were talking about wine and all the normal things you talk about about getting something started. And uh, we Were you interested in her wine. right away? I guess I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, not, not, but, but you know, I, but not, but you're not still keeping, you're a gentleman, you're still keeping it. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I mean, exactly. like, so then, so then you're working with the business, but then you're also finding there's this like yeah, person inside that, that you're really we were clicking hanging, with. We were just hanging out a lot more and it was, yeah. it was fun and we were doing the wine thing and I started to take her wine out with our wine and introduce it to oh, cool. places. And she was only selling wholesale for the first two or three years. She didn't have a tasting room for the first right. five minutes. And she was killing it with that Pinot Grigio. And I when, mean, of course, her Zinfandel is legendary. When, yeah. But I mean, I love that Pinot Grigio. I mean, it moves. When the Pinot Grigio hit, that was big. And that's when having some of those distribution things set up, she just plugged that into Atlanta, Boston, New York, Chicago, different places, and boom. So going. And before we get to Matt, because I'm so curious to like take us back to like, I, the last time I did a show with you, we talked about like your start at the launch pad on the east side of the 46 but is your idea the way you look at the wine biz i mean it's like yes you got the dtc and that direct-to-consumer relationship but i mean i think there's something to scalability and that's kind of where you're at like hey let's figure how we can tastefully get this to a place where where it can get in more hands and we can all do a little better with it to me the the challenge in the art is scale it but don't bastardize it yeah that that's the balance but it takes a team of people to be committed to that particular vision to where you don't lose authenticity just because you decide to grow. That's why 
Mac and I working here the last few years, we came to the conclusion that we really, really saw this the same way, which We're is why we decided to go to the next level and say, okay, I'm all in. Mac Price Myers, that's where we are. We're on the uh, Adelaide Road. It is beautiful here. We're up at this hilltop house. And I remember the first time we did a show together, Mac, it was, uh, maybe uh, maybe it was at the launch pad, right? Or where was it? No, it was down at the winery. Down here? Mm-hmm. So we did do one down mm-hmm. here. Okay, yeah. shoot. But we were that just was, down there was, in the cellar then. Yeah, that was when we first moved here. Oh, you just moved here. Yep. Got it. Talk about where the launch pad is and how you kind of came to be where we are today. Well, the, I would say the original launch pad was down at Central Coast Wine Services. That's where it all right. started. Uh, that's where I, I, you know, signed a contract to make some wine, a young punk kid, and rolled in with some barrels one day, some empty barrels in the back of my truck, um, me and my now wife, and uh, that's where I met Russell Frome. Russell P. Frome, and uh, he was a cellar master there, and that's kind of that was the original launch pad, which was 40 wineries. I mean, hitching post, Russell, me, Seth Coonan, the late great Seth Coonan. Um, you know, go down the list. Uh, Red Car, Shadow Canyon. I mean, go down. I mean, Some big names. Lane Tanner. Yeah, of, of course. Uh, She's uh, a legend. Arcadian. Uh, 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 what was the, the Tim Spear from Clo Me Me? Remember that crazy yeah. son, son of a gun? But anyway, so yeah, it was great. And that was my first experience in the wine business was this big warehouse where everybody was just in love with wine. And it was not about necessarily making money, but making just enough to do what you love. And that was it. That was the original launch pad. And then Russell and I moved up to what we called the launch pad here on uh, 46 East, which was the old Garrison facility. And that's where all those big names came from before we went there. Right. And that was it's like this industrial area right off the exactly. 46 East side off Union. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was, so we were there from 2000. It was almost like Tin City before Tin City. Exactly. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> that's was. A good point. And then, and Augie Hug was next door to us. Yeah. Augie was great. And then that's when, uh, you know, we met uh, Edgar Torres because he was his assistant at that time. And he came on board with us, with Russell and I. So the three of us were there. And uh, yeah, it was great. And, but, we were after the big uh, group of people that were the, the big incubator, so to speak, the sure. launch pad yeah. that was there because everybody made wine at Matt Garrison's place because he would allow people to go in there and make a ton or two, which is not always easy to have that many people inside, you know? Yeah, somebody a lot, cooks a lot of in the kitchen. Like, yeah, exactly. Doing little dishes, yeah. But, I mean, you and Russell Frome, I mean, I, th- I think of like the old Barrel 27 exactly. days, and then um, you were doing stuff, like you said, with Edgar Torres, mm-hmm. uh, who's, uh, of course, of Bodegas de Edgar, mm-hmm. and then later of Hug. So you've collabed with a lot of different folks throughout the years. Yeah, I, with Russell and I, we had the Barrel 27 project, and we both had our, you know, respective brands, and it was great, and we had a great run. It was fun, and uh, we have some similar stories to road trips. I was never the wild one, as you guys probably know. I can't even imagine a road trip with Russell from. <laughs> really? Russell was the leading the pack in that? That's I, weird. I think, we were, I think we were up to like three or four rental cars down the down the tubes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, that's great. But you yeah. made a great story. He could he used to call them ride-alongs. He calls them drag-alongs. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah. But, the, you know, we that was that. And then when Edgar came over, um, you know, he became like the assistant uh, seller guy to all of us. And then he was the assistant winemaker before he went off to do uh, his own Bodega de Edgar. Well, he was making it at the same time, but when he went to go focus on that, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And then we moved out here on this property in 2014, and we had an option to buy. And that's when I brought Billy in to help out with that transaction and mm-hmm. help out with that, uh, that, that partnership, uh, which was 
I partnered with a club member to purchase the property, which were just about 100 acres here off Adelaide Road. Partnered with a club member? Uh, yes. That's Venus pretty Lai. She interesting. Was a, she was a club member, and she fell in love, and my dad happened to mention to her that I was possibly looking for someone to come in and help help to acquire the property and grow and build the business. And, uh, and so that really changes the uh, relationship once a wine club member becomes your business partner it Her does discount got really big yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah but it was great you know because i was I, I didn't you know i just i, I wanted to i, I we, we got we got to come here in 2014 we made wine here and then we were able to start farming the vineyard in 2015 which was great because you know i had two three years to kick the tires on the vineyard on the property and just get a good idea of what's going on here and then we were able to purchase in 2017 and to have a, a person that was just in love with the wines before she even you know had the opportunity to to partner with me it was great and that was that was that was a good opportunity and i don't uh i don't regret anything it's been perfect it's been perfect that's pretty cool yeah that's quite a you know a charm journey when when you can look back at it even thus far i mean you're still on it but to look back with just so much you know gratitude and thankfulness and i'm just so happy with the way that went that's kind of cool yeah, it's great. You know, I, I think that's that's the way. You know, there's all there's always going to be the ups and downs to any business, and the wine business is that way because it is it's a grueling business and it's very competitive. But if you can find great people to be with you and work with you and and uh, share the journey, I mean, you got to be blessed. For sure. It's so interesting because you go on this this really deep road and so many things happen. Here we are, you know, seventeen hundred plus feet above you know vineyards in three hundred and sixty degree directions, and you're only going to do this maybe forty fifty times in your life correct you know there's like this juxtaposition to how much of you you will pour in to a practice that you might do maybe 50 times but that that's it that's the perfect thing to say though because that's exactly what you have to your mentality has to be that is that you're never going to get where you want to go in your lifetime in this business there's just too many variables there's too many things that when you're passionate about wine you just try to make, you know, little step, baby steps every year to get better at what you do and to grow better grapes and to be, you know, in, in tune with the land and with your seller and with your people and your growers and your partnerships and all those things. That's all part of it. And you're never going to get where you want to go. Yeah. And that's why you, you meet people that are, you know, in France that are like five, six generations and they're still on that journey for their family's mm -hmm. name, you know, so that that's where you realize that. You're never going to reach the peak. You're just, you're on that journey and it's great that way. I love talking to people over partnerships, whether it's like Steve Cass and Ted Plemons or folks who have maybe, you know, uh, like uh, Ishka and say, you know, John Munch and where, whatever that relationship is. And the two of you gentlemen have a very certain relationship. What was it about Billy that was uh, so intriguing and really made you want to do this journey with him? Well, first off, you know, he appreciated the, the, the authenticity. He, he loves great wine. He's had a lot of, a lot of experience. And, you know, I think the idea was I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want someone stuffy. I didn't want someone that was stuffy and kind of all business. And Billy has a great balance that way. We enjoy our time together when we talk and we talk business, but it's fun too. And my whole thing, whether I'm working in the cellar or we're at the tasting room is we're serious about what we do, but we're not too serious about not having, you know, we want to mm -hmm. have fun. And right. I think Billy feels that we have similar values that way. And I think that, and we really wanted to grow a business, you know, cause we both had experiences growing businesses at that time just to grow it right and grow it uh, really, really, you know, have a nice strategy. Yeah. Max got a great partner. Venus is uh, just learning and learning and learning this business. She's 
quite accomplished herself in her own right and, uh, and, and think that she's accomplished as a, as a scientist and a doctor in her lifetime already. But um, she has uh, really, really put her arms around, uh, as that's her significant other boyfriend, Robin. They just really have just embraced what Mac's doing and, and appreciate it and want to do it the right way as well. So the level of support and the input and the insight that we get from these two yeah. other folks that are just two of the smartest people Mac and I've ever met. Yeah. Um, really, it, it's, it's just, it's just sure. more, it's just more, it's more people around the table making a contribution to how we move this whole thing forward. And so it's a, it's a great partnership. It's been really fun to work with all of them. Now you've worked with a lot of different folks, a lot of different winemakers and producers and folks who have their vision of what they see their wine to represent, whose hands they see it being in, in the end from Christian TG to Janelle to a lot of different folks. What was it about uh, McPrice that made you go, this is going to be a really cool combo. Hands down it's the wines. It's attention to detail. Um, when, when I see how much time Max spends in the vineyards, that really impresses me. A lot, of, a lot of the winemakers do that, of course. But I, you know, I know that probably outside of Mike Ducey walking the hillsides of Paper Street, yeah. Max, the next guy walking the hillsides of Paper Street, probably mm-hmm. uh, by buying 50 of the acres of the 100 that are up there. Uh, and I've always been impressed with the amount of how much he wants to be involved. In yeah, you do geek out over the vineyards, don't you? You are Absolutely. all about it. That's where it starts. Yeah, yeah. You have to. So did you learn farming after winemaking or was it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so you're, you're just picking up on some things from people whose grapes that you're getting, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I'm definitely a winemaker first and the farming is second, but I mean, it, it that that's everything. You have to do that. That's got to be, you know, on point for sure. So I'm, I'm learning more and more, spending as much time as you can in the vineyard is absolutely uh, imperative for sure let's zero into the business aspects of this game that we call the wine business i mean obviously there's that winemaker who has the that again that direct-to-consumer connection come in taste the wines we hope you get on this wine club it really helps then there's kind of saying hey you know maybe we're not going to be a justin or a jaylor uh, but we want to get into the marketplace we want to get into some folks uh, maybe get on some shelves get on some wine lists and get our bottles in the hands of people and do it at a value and really over deliver I mean, I know there's like the cab market is like, oh, are we under 20? Are we under 24? I mean, like, it's so specific and so varied. Where, from a business perspective, Billy, did you see you wanting to partner and where that you and Mac wanted to insert yourselves for Bull by the Horns, the Pound for Pound brand, and, and those ones uh, of those distro brands? I, I think part of that goes back to your previous question in that, although watching how Mac goes about his business is, uh, I like all that stuff and so forth, but the fact that uh, Max incredibly collaborative, right? I, I, I can't hurt his feelings if he, he just, you know, I, I, if I have an idea, I want to talk about doing something this way or that way, or he wants to talk to me. We've created this relationship. We can just simply say what it is. We do not have to hold back, and we're totally willing to listen to one another. That was developed over this period of consulting, which is what culminated in when he said, "Hey, let's uh, let's let's throw down together." And I said, "Well, I got you know, I'm getting long in the tooth, but I got one more in me." And I said, "I'll do it. Let's roll." And I got the bus. I put a new engine in it down in Texas and roll that. Won't be the drink naked bus now. It'll be the grab the bull by the horns bus or living high on the hog bus or something like that. Is this the famous bus that used to be the Austin Hope bus and used to be the? Mm-hmm. This thing is a cool rig. That was the trouble. Yeah, it was the troublemaker. The troublemaker. Ride for a couple you, of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's still rolling. So you're gonna wrap it with one of these brands? Something like that. We that's pretty we cool. Decided yet? But that's exciting. But, but, Are you excited about that, Mac? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little, a little, a little bit excited. When I, when I, when I, when I start talking to <laughs> Mac, I'm getting out in front of people. 
he always says he's always like yeah yeah that, yeah that sounds good I'm really excited about yeah. that do you not like doing the the people thing the winemaker dinners being out there that's not your thing when I'm in the moment I like it getting ready to do it I do not like it you mean like it's, in the 20 minutes when you're yeah just, getting dressed or well, when no. he's when he's sweating and he's throwing up yeah he ate something right. it's like it's like Eminem it's like Eminem for sure but you're saying after after a couple glasses you're in front of everyone you're in front of 60 70 people you're fine as soon as you wind him up and you let him go just wine geek and wine nerd yeah it's all over. He'll, you yeah, just sit yeah. back and Because he's so likable. I mean, it's so, and I think people, but you, you know. you got to get him to that spot. Well, also. Which is what I, I love about working with him is because we're a lot of, we do a lot of ham and egging. Yeah. And he lets me do all the hamming, which is what my, my game. Well, sure. And so, you know, and his approach is so different than, than me. Well, so it's, yeah, it's a really it's, good combination. It's one of those things where, like, it. you look at, like, the cover. And well, I've joked before that you're, like, you know, like this Sons of Anarchy winemaker dude. And he got, like, the Dickies and, you know. But you are just, like, the friendliest and the, one of the sweetest guys that I've done the show with and it's so I thought he was at my grandfather's estate sale when I first <laughs> yeah. met him I looked down and I go where the fuck does anybody find all these dickies right the bodies from my grandfather's estate sale yeah I, I think it, that that's exactly it. I think you know I'm 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 probably a little more chill than people think. Yeah, I, I don't get out and about much. I'm not much of a you know go out and raise hell, but uh, I do enjoy wine. And uh, I believe in a uniform, guys. By the way, Dickies, Dickies shirt. When I get up, I put on either a blue, green, brown, or gray shirt. It's perfect with Dickies yeah. pants, and it's just, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a uniform that I like to wear. I don't want to think about it, and I've been wearing it for 25 years now so it's i'm never i'm never going to change is the closet just another version of that exactly. shirt? it's just it i have they're all in line yeah easy peasy yeah i love easy, it yeah. Perfect. he's even got shorts i'll admit my grandfather had no dickies that were shorts he had long dickies pants. shorts dickies pants shirts and jacket are you sponsored by them you should be sponsored i by wish them. i was i need that sponsorship because yeah. they're not cheap but they're durable, yeah. cheap, but they're durable. Yeah. i have a couple dicky shirts and i made a uh, i branded one one time and those, yeah, it's great course. they're great shirts yeah they're great they last forever yeah. they're, they're they're scotch guard they don't stain it's mm-hmm. perfect it's great for the wine business great for anything but I do have I do have dress dickies. If, I was going to say, what do you wear to a winemaker dinner? Is it just, dress dickies? Your dress dickies. It's my clean dickies. That yeah. I, I, I press really good, so it looks like I have a night. You know, it's it's uh yeah exactly. So it's, that's it's, great. And guess what's never going to happen? What I'm never going to wear. Yeah, dickies. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's perfect. Right. We've had two wines so far. We've had this beautiful white, which I'm definitely going to revisit. Uh, this beautiful earth Syrah blend, super pretty. I know you're you're already on the estate. Let's talk back about how the wines are kind of divvied up, the levels of them, yeah. what skews are in what. Yeah, that's good. We kind of brushed on the hardworking wines, which are the, um, you know, for lack of a better term, the wholesale tiers. And we have four of those, and those are designed for the market to go to any state and, and do well with. And then when you come to the tasting room, what we decided to do is kind of, they were already kind of tiered somewhat like this, but we, what we decided is Beautiful Earth was always our most popular, and it and, and already had a bunch of different vineyards in it. So then we decided to do Beautiful Earth series of wines. So we make a rosé, a white, and a red. And our idea with the Beautiful Earth series is kind of an introduction to our, 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 our gen, general kind of style and vineyards we use. And we typically try to stick to the west side because that's where most of our holdings are for, for what we do in our estate and Paper Street and all the different venues we work with. But So those are like that introduction 
to our style. They're serious wine, but we, we, we want to give people kind of a... It's a place. A, it's a jump-off point. It's a, yeah, jump it's a launching point. pad. It's, it's, it's a launching pad, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we have their proprietary wines, which are a step up. They're a little more singular, and but they are vineyard blends from different AVAs. Because, you know, I started in Santa Barbara County, so we, we right. know, we're going to be doing three Santa Barbara County proprietary wines, which is a Grenache, a Morved blend, and a Syrah. Curious where you're getting those. Uh, Santa Barbara Highlands, Larner, awesome. um, Santa Rita Hills, Donica Vineyard, uh, super well respected places. Like yeah, you're, all that, you're stuff. connected in there. You're connected. Oh, that's, where I, that's where I started. Yeah. You know? So I've always had a, a, a you know a love for that that those climates and those those wines and and what they bring to the table. You right. Because we talked about the original launching pad, Central Coast Wine Services. That's in Santa Maria. That's in Santa Maria. Got it. So I was there for six years. Mm-hmm. So you know you I, I knew more back then about the Santa Barbara vineyards in the areas uh, than I did about Paso, just because Paso was still on the Rhone side, was a little behind um, Santa Barbara County as far as plantings and what was going on. But um, You've really had a good look into how both sides and their wine vintners associations, if you will, their respective ones, really work and how the machine goes. It's pretty remarkable how Paso wine is able to do what it does and so well. I mean, you look at other world-class wine regions like Santa Barbara County, they just got, I think, Wine Region of the Year. Um, and it's not as cohesive and smooth as what Paso Wine is able to do for its members. Well, the, think about this. So I was at in Santa Maria, like a co-op facility, and I, I, you know, my choice to move up here was not just because I wanted to make wine in Paso, and I love the varieties, and I love the, the climate, but the community is huge. I mean, the people here, the camaraderie, the friendliness, it's a true community and everybody is friendly competition. I don't, I don't even know like that term, but it is. It's, it, but everybody helps each other. We talk about wine, we're all passionate, but it's all about building this general area. And we're not, uh, you know, we're, and we're all about, uh, the, you know, building Paso, which is great. Like Gary would say, if Paso doesn't succeed, Eberly won't succeed. Absolutely. The rising and tide it, lifts all boats. Yeah. I've been saying this is the day I moved here. I remember my introduction to understanding that this was happening in Paso Robles was going to a tasting in some place in the East Coast. I guess it was up on the coast of Maine somewhere. And I get lost getting there. And, in, you know, as being trained in true Christian TG fashion, didn't know where I was going, and I was late. Um, love you, Christian. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and, and, and I get there. My table's all set up. All my corks are pulled. Everything is beautiful. Like, and there's been wine taken out of all of them. They've all been checked for, for, for cork tain. I'm, like, looking around going, okay, is this how this works? It's my first time I've ever done one of these. Like, the first sales trip by myself. And this woman walks across the room, and she introduced herself. She's from Jerry Lore. And she goes, I noticed you were running a little late. She goes, I hope you don't mind. I took the, I, I, I just kind of had a little time. So I opened them up. I checked them. They're all fine. Then I want to make sure you're ready to go when you finally got here. And I was like, wow, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Then I meet more people from Jerry Lore in Boston and then back here in Paso Robles. And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like a sales culture that he has. I mean, to talk about, I mean, just breathing in every single day, Paso, Paso, Paso. And she goes, we got to take care of each other. And it struck me. I went, you know what? She's right. Yeah. You know, Paso goes well. We all go well. It just stuck with me. And I just, and I, and I believed to my core that that was such a positive way to look at it. And that's how a lot of these people all working and helping each other. I mean, you know, I call Chris Cherry and say, hey, Chris, you know, doesn't got a place to make wine um, right now. Um, you know, can we crush over your place? And we, you know, we run two or three vintages over there working with Chris and Pilo. So one of the funnest, some of the most fun vintages I've ever been a part of, actually, is Janelle and I over there working with Chris, and um, who's been obviously one of my longest time friends in this whole thing. I mean, I, I feel like I grew up in the wine business here in his bar. 
Chris Cherry. Chris Cherry. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I moved here in 03, that place was, I mean, it was a, it's a legendary place I, via I, Creek. You know the joke? You, get, you, know, you, been, you know you've been at a bar too long when you start to get mail there? <laughs> I actually, Eric would bring me mail there. People would drop shit there and bring it and leave it because they'd know I'd come in. First three years of That's wild. So talk to me about some of these buddies, because you are tight with folks like, like Chris Cherry, uh, Austin Hope, um, obviously Janelle. You have really you have like an inside look at a lot of these, uh, a lot of these like big players here in Paso. I, you know, it's, uh, I, I love all these relationships I have. I, I just do. I'm do you have a good palate? I, th- I think I've developed Does a, good a good palate. Does it have a good palate, Mac? It's, it's taken yeah. time. I mean, so can you go up to like when, when Austin's tasting on something, can you be like, hey, I don't know if I'm really feeling this, dude. Like, well, you would ne- or you'd never say that, right? I mean, no, like- I totally, no, I totally would. Austin is great about, he, he wants honest feedback. And we, yeah. we drink, at, we'll, at Austin's house, you'll drink. Oh, sure. Shot enough to God knows where. To 1942. Um, and, and, and stuff, it'd be time for night to 1942, plenty yeah. of that, of course. <laughs> God bless America. Right. Um, but... No, he's he's very open to to having like real conversations. Can you say stuff to Janelle? Absolutely, she's very she's very she's very open. It's not like really shut up, you know. No, well, she rolls her eyes at me a lot, but that's just part of her thing. Yeah, that's like the shtick. That's that's her shtick at the at at, at the winery. Yeah, you know when the girls or in public a bottle. Oh, it's so much fun to watch Janelle give you shit whenever (laughs) we're out or something. It's great. I agree. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, she does it so good too, and I she just—I like, like to join in. I'm yeah, yeah. Her, her nephews and nieces are, are starting to enjoy it as they get older too. Um, but it's—it's uh, it's, it's part of me and Janelle's shtick for sure. No I love what it is. What Max said earlier about the people of Paso and what struck him, uh, and and one thing he noticed so different from uh, his beginning making wine for almost a decade in you know Santa Barbara County. Uh, what was it about Paso? What do you see now, especially as Paso is becoming so vibrant and growing, and where we see it now? I keep my fingers on the pulse of who's buying what, when, and where. And, and have relationships in, in, in the north part of the state where I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, kind of keeping like, what's everybody looking at? What are people yeah. thinking about doing? You know, I think that, um, you know, Paso has a certain authenticity, a tremendous charm. When the fires hit last year, there's a winery in town that, that somebody didn't show up and say, I was supposed to go north. I got to the airport. I had to come south. So here I am. Where am I? And at the end, they say, wow, I wasn't going to come here, but boy, am I sure happy I did. For lots of different reasons. I met the winemaker. I met the owner. They tasted wine with me. I bought amazing wine for an amazing price. I stayed at a great place. Didn't break the bank. You know, whatever the reason might be. And I think that that's going to continue to happen. In the back of my mind, sometimes I go, wow, I wonder what it's going to be like when, you know, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth winery is purchased by a major player from the north. Does that change? Yeah. The persona because it you know people take on the persona of their owners right and so um like that's what the culture will be like well, at least be, at that well, place well, yeah if it's a corporate culture sometimes that'll permeate down and that'll be you'll feel it when you go to a place i'm not sure how much is enough or when too much is too much i'm not sure and i don't know how many years it's going to take to happen yeah but, you know, i mean if you, you start say, waiting I think, and I think about it a little bit if if the 46 West turns into like the 29. We're not anywhere near that. Obviously, things are, you got to get in to get your restaurant reservations. I would recommend it. I would recommend getting reservations when you taste, you know. But I still think like there is still that real charming aspect. But, you know, we do have a lot of these like acquisitions happening around us. I mean, you know, one of the first conversations this year, uh, Eric Jensen and um, Constellation taking over Booker. I mean, are these the kind of things you're talking about? I mean, I, 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 I am to a certain extent. I mean, you know, I think I, I like the way Eric seems to instructor. He's done because 
he's still there. His his passion and that, yeah. that you know in, intensive enthusiasm that only Eric can bring to anywhere he, he goes is still there. And, and if that can stay and that can permeate into those folks, then you know that all can say the same. And I'm sure that that's a big part of what they probably really really liked about that acquisition and becoming in Paso Robles, as Eric will say, and I, I say as well. You know. We don't want to lose our reputation as having this renegade winemaking concept of, you know, we, we experiment, put things together, which is what I admire about all the winemakers that are friends of mine when I drink what they, what they put together. Right. Um, I think that that's really, really cool. And if that stays that way, you know, we can keep this going for a long time probably and not get overly corporate. Yeah. When we have a brand like the hardworking brand, is there an idea to get to a certain place and hopefully be attractive enough to, to make that move or what? Well, when we sold four vines... We didn't sell the whole enchilada. We sold the four vines piece, the piece that was predominantly in wholesale distribution. That exiting left behind anarchy, heretic, all all the Christians, cool high end stuff. Yeah, like the peasant. And, and, you know, the freak show wines. Right, the freak you know, show wines. The core stayed. That piece stayed. That direct to consumer piece stayed. It was the piece that you really didn't see a lot in town anyway. That that moved off. But you know, these wines are uh, the, the series of wines is it's it's branded differently. It's marketed differently, run separately, and should something ever happen to where somebody said, "Okay, we could we could do this separate," it doesn't have any impact on on, on the price. Myers, the man, right? Sure, the wines that are sitting in front of you right now. It doesn't have it. That doesn't have a negative impact on either. Yeah, Mac, do you look at that like differently as far as like I got my my DTC, I got my my babies right here. I want this one to again almost be like the workhorse in a different way. Like it's for mm-hmm. the hardworking man, but this is also a workhorse of yours in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a great way to say it. But um, you know, I think in today's market, you have to be diversified, and you have to have things tiered out properly. If you don't have wines that are designed for the wholesale market and wines designed for DTC, you know, you're missing something. And I think that this is exactly what we're doing here. We really want to have different focus on these brands. What's the idea? Who is the wine for the working ones? Like, where are we pricing them and how strategic is that? And then what is the vehicle that hopefully, ideally, brings them from there to here? to the DTC wines. Is that connection even really important? It's just like, look, you, you got the hardworking brand, you can like it, you can learn more about Paso and, and hopefully McPrice Myers, or that's the distro, that's the working brand. You come to McPrice Myers and we'll, we'll get you on the DTC stuff. Sure, I, absolutely. And, and, and being in distribution, I believe helps your DTC. I, I've People who have always said, I only want to be DTC, I only want to be DTC. I'm sorry, if you're, if you're, mar- if you're marketed across California, Nevada, Arizona, Texas now, especially um, with the direct flights coming in. Yeah, um, Chicago, people are coming here. They find out who you are when they're out there. Then when they come here, they look you up. And that was the great combination of what Four Vines did. We were in the market when you came to our place. You couldn't, you didn't really get a chance to see the wines you may have seen in the marketplace, right? Because we were selling you different wines. But I think that there's a nice symbiotic relationship. The hard thing about going into the wholesale business is you have to have a commitment to it. In my personal opinion, it's yeah. a difficult place to go in and just dip your toe in the water. I can't tell you how many. That's a good point. Uh, probably a dozen, no more than that. I bet twenty different winemakers that we may or may not know in town. I've had a conversation with over the last 10 years about, okay, I make these wines, I want to do this, I think I want to go out into the distribution world. We'll talk about the size of their business, blah, 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 their price points, da, 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 da. Then I tell them what you have to sell the wine for. That's the first shock. And then secondly, I say, you know, if you got kids and they go, yeah. Because it's so much lower than DTC pricing. Yeah. And I go, do you like your kids? And if they say yes, I go, that's going to be tough. I say, if you didn't like your kids, you're fine. 
because what people don't understand is you have to actually go out and do it. You got to go out in the market. I lived, I lived on a futon at Chris and Sam's house and I lived on a bus for those last couple of years. Was it because you liked it or was it because did you really feel that you were like, like it was necessary? I mean, maybe you just loved the circuit. We were, in, we were in 40 markets and you had to visit each market twice a year to say hello to them. So that's twice. Why twice a year? It's just when you're building in the beginning, you yeah. got to be there more often. Distribution partners, for the most part, are great at all the logistical stuff. Some smaller ones will help you build a brand. That's true. But most of them are they're going to deliver your wine to the store. You got to go out there and sell it. You got to sell your store, and then you got to go out and you got to and you got to create relationships with salespeople. Let's say it's, let's say a guy's got twenty salespeople. You're only going to get five of these people to have you be at top of mind, and they're when they're out there talking to their particular customer group. Right. So you're looking for the five within the twenty that you make a connection with, and you you bond with them. They want to work with you. You want to work with them. When they're out talking to their customers, when you're not sitting in the they're going to think of you. They're thinking of you, and you're top of mind. Yeah, you'll get your work done when you do that. So it takes that many trips in the first two or three years you're in a particular market to create those five, six, seven, eight relationships you're looking for. What are some of the hot markets for Paso? What markets are just feeling Paso? I feel like Tennessee all of a sudden is feeling Paso. At least yeah. from my, from what I'm seeing, that's a desirable market too. Yeah, it's uh, they're, people they're, are moving they're, they're there. Feeling Paso. People are growing there. North Carolina. Okay, Arizona. 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 Yeah. If your phone goes off one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to answer I didn't it. Even it's it's Janelle. She, I saw right. It's like I told you were going to ask me that question. Series like me shit. <laughs> so so really interesting, and that's a part of the industry that's always really fascinated me. So when you guys meet and meet heads and talk about where you see, you know, where you want your winemaking to go, and where you see uh, the business, and where you want things to go, you guys have to really come and do a dance and come to a place that you're both comfortable with, using your resources, your talents, and finding a common uh, goal line that you both agree on of course yeah i mean I, but i just want to make wine that's the bottom line yeah <laughs> it is so crystal clear for me that whatever wine is there or wherever mac has got wine he knows what bucket it's going in yeah once i once he helps me understand what buckets are going in things that i'll be a little more involved in the selling of then then i start to focus in on that um but he also mac has a tremendous business sense when it comes to cost when it comes to that's important when it, it is it is really really important and it's important that we're on the same page on that of like what 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 you know the fact that these are you know why do you sell in wholesale distribution run a lower margin that's how come i think if you're going to go there you got to go there with enough so that you make it worth your while you, you can't travel around the country and sell 20 boxes of wine in 10 different states you, you're never going to make any money your sales trip will eat up all your profits every single time so you you got to focus narrow down get deep in a state then go to the next state get deep in that state go to the next there state. you go ideally when someone's at a shelf what do you want these to go for 22 to 25 bucks okay wow retail and the idea is to really over deliver on those absolutely yeah yeah and they do what's flying the cab the zin what's going i gotta tell you zin zin, zin might be making a comeback that's awesome I, I think i just said this on a podcast oh shit um, <laughs> because zin you know because back when tj and i were out there hitting zin we were hitting zin you know, in Boston, Massachusetts, in 2000, I want to say 2008, 9, 10, um, uh, my buddy there who ran Memus Walker's uh, portfolio uh, side for me told me that, you know, 980 by-the-glass accounts had a Zinn by-the-glass. And it was Four Vines, Old Vine Cuvée, Ravenswood, Ridge, uh, Renwood, or uh, what, there was another big one that was in there. That Rosenblum. Was, Rosenblum. Thank you. Thank you. 
uh, the, uh, the, the non-vintage one they did, which was always amazing. And about two years ago, he told me zero of those 900-something accounts have a Zen by the glass. That's probably the telltale of what's happened to Zen in the broad market. However, it's getting its feel back. In the tasting room, Janelle, of course, makes beautiful Zen. She sells it all day long in her tasting room. We can sell Zen in our tasting room, expensive Zen. Um, but uh, I'm feeling like the market's starting to come back revisit Zen and revisit an amazing balanced Zen that can be made here in Paso Robles. I won't mention other places in the state, but where it comes across as just overly stewed and just, you know, it, it you know, so, so, so overly fruit forward, so monstrous, just too much. It's yeah. just too much. That had, that has begun to turn people off. High, high alcohols, so, you know, as, as you restrain a little bit and you let the grape be what it is, Mac will tell you, what, why the hell do you call it pound for pound, Mac? Because it delivers. Yeah. Pound for pound, it's, uh, it probably has the best value in California. And I love the history, too. Yeah. The history of Zinn in California is amazing, and it, but it just it absolutely, it, it just freaking delivers. That's it. And the Zinn, like so many wines in Paso, because we can so easily reach ripeness, that restraint, that Paso restraint, that kind of reining it in a little bit. A Zinn really does well when you kind of put that care onto it. Well, what Zinn has here is it has a tremendous amount of acidity, and that's where that's where it dials it back. It, there's a freshness and a vibrancy to where it's not so heavy. It's not so cumbersome on the palate there's it dances a little more and that's yeah. what makes it great because it, there's a little spice but it's just it's all about this you know this vibrancy and freshness and and uh there's some length there too but you know the, the wines the wines are they're just there's some energy to them which yeah. makes them great it's got to feel real cool to be up on this hill and look down over some of these vineyards some of them yours mac and mm-hmm. and i think i remember asking you this question when i interviewed you and you rem- reminded me it was your first you know kind of year down at the new place and like you know when you're shutting down at night and you're closing you're turning off the last light and you kind of turn around and look at what you've been able to create sure. and it's got to really move you yeah, that's the that's the motivation. It absolutely moves you, and and you you can't lose sight of that. That's what that's what makes this uh, this whole thing tick. You know, don't lose sight of where you came from, don't lose sight of where you're at. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you know, it's amazing. Yeah, look at this view. Look at this place. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So what do you do with this house that we're in? We're in some hilltop, beautiful house. Like I want this, this for my birthday. Rental. This is a vacation rental. Yeah. Oh, so this could be for my birthday. Yeah. So how? What do you? Who you do it with? We do it with uh, all of them. Oh, uh, so like Airbnb, yeah, VRBO, exactly. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And and our club members, a lot of club members, yeah. a lot of club members um, get to get to rent it out. And the reason why we're here now is because we're doing the roof. So oh, are you yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got like you know for the summer, you got an infinity pool that looks over, Beautiful. you know, hitting seventeen hundred feet above. You got vineyards just as far as the eye can see. You got the town over there, and, um, and how many bedrooms you got in here? Three bedroom, three bath. Damn, so three couples, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you live on the property or what? No. I live no? in Templeton. You live in Templeton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is it. This is the, uh, I, you say your last hurrah, but come on. Right? I mean, no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be drinking wine, talking wine smack until yeah. I go six feet under. There's really no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be involved in Janelle's project because it's just fun. Um, my best days. She's killing it too. I mean, she Ducey is doing fantastic. She's, yeah, she, she. Paper uh, Street's doing fantastic. She's doing really, really well. And, uh, my, my, some of my most fun days and reminds me why I'm in this business is clearly when I go over there on a Saturday afternoon and I start pouring wine for tables and just start telling stories and doing. And How'd doing you get your know? I, I just love it. How'd you get your know? <laughs> I mean, you're a handsome I was, guy. I was, I was. You are a handsome dude, and you're very charismatic. And I'm wondering if it's your sense of humor, if it's your good looks, if you dress well. Like, I don't understand how you got Janelle, though. 
<laughs> Tell me how you got to know. You're not the only one that asked that question, <laughs> by the way. Everyone asked that question. I pinched myself a lot. And um, yeah, she just sent me a text about telling you a particular story. I'm not going to tell you. Well, because I was going to say, like, you know, you talk about the idea of marrying up, but we, we're, not, we're not married yet. Have you? How come you haven't popped the question yet? Oh, know? man. You know, um, Janelle's not the kind of girl who just wants to go get married. She loves her life the way that it is. She loves the way our life is together. Um, we do everything together. We sure you know, no. You guys are always uh, together. We, yeah. we travel together. She puts her rings on the other side. I mean, you know, we, uh-huh. we you know we don't have any qualms about that. Sure. I um, um our, our running joke is I for her birthday last year I gave her some diamond earrings and they're a little box and I gave her a little box and she yeah she just looks over at me and says, "Don't make me say no." <laughs> That is so good. In a very loving and affectionate way, of course. Way, yeah. of course. And, uh, but no, um, we, we like our relationship the way it is. I mean, we're working on building a house. We, it, uh, it's got to be hard it, to get that question, to- but I feel it, like... It totally works. I've been dating the person who I've been with for four year, almost four years now. And people are already asking and I get yeah. that, And I get that question. And I'm 14 years in. You're, yeah, you're 14 years in. That's right. Yeah, but don't forget, I was married the first 10 years of that. Uh-huh. Oh, well. <laughs> oh God. Legally married. Yeah. Um, you've been hearing the podcast at all? I want to make we want to make you proud. I'm going to make both of you proud with this podcast. Well, we, we appreciate being on with you. It's fun. And yeah. Mac and I haven't done this kind of thing together. We have a, we have an Instagram live coming up though that Mac is literally sweating bullets over because there's no do overs in Instagram live. No, there's not. And it's going to be and, and for like the first North few Carolina. minutes, you have to look at like the little number of how many people are watching, and it's like you're doing this for like one person. <laughs> Or like two people, and then that two people turns the one again. You're like, oh, that's brutal. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna <laughs> be. So when, I, when I told him about it, he turned ashen. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But uh, again, you, you wind him up, you get him nerding out about wine, and it just becomes a ton of fun because the knowledge that Mac will throw down on you in one of these tastings, it's it's. Just uh, it just makes it all worthwhile. It makes it a ton of fun. You get yeah. out. You like to go out and eat locally. Go drink, or you just kind of st- stick Not around. Not as much as I'd like to. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty much a homebody. But obviously, the last couple of years has been yeah. forced on us. Forced, um, of course. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah. I what do you like? What do you like? Cocktails. Mm, no, I'm, really? I'm more beer? Of a, yeah, beer and wine guy. Okay. Yeah, wine being number one. Beer, you know. And what, so when you're going to a nice restaurant, you're looking at the wine list, obviously. Always. And you're looking at for some old world, probably? I would say typically old world. Yeah. I mean, I like to drink wines from all over the place, uh, locally, wherever. But, you know, I like diversity, for sure. Yeah. I like to taste as many things as possible. Billy, you like a good cocktail. Yes, I do. What, what's, I, I've had the, the, the other old gout has got me off the whiskey lately. But um, other than that, um, uh, yeah, I, I like a nice cocktail for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to peg you for like a Manhattan or something. Love Manhattans, and but uh, uh, I've been drinking uh, tequila soda. How's that? Tequila soda. Wow. Te- I think it's tequila soda and lime soda. I don't know. Somebody made me a drink. It's kind of like a Paloma, but it wasn't sure. a Paloma. That's interesting. It was a nice, you you was get nice, out it there. Nice, it was a nice tequila cocktail. What do you like to do downtown? What are some of the places that you would like to hit up? I've, I've seen. I, I, I've hung I, out I, with I, you at the Piccolo love, before. Yeah, and I, yeah, I love going to the Piccolo for cocktails. Um, you know, you gotta you know you gotta bring two extra credit cards, but it's fun to have cocktails there. Um, have you ever gotten a bottle of Moet out of the vending machine? Not yet, but yeah. I want to do that. My I sister like, did. My sister did stayed she? there. She did it for fun. She went. She went and pulled one. That's cool. Uh, but no, I, I like I, I like hanging out there for cocktails, and uh, of course, loving an LPC. My God, Jules Julian's raised the bar. Oh El Cortile continues to keep their bar mm-hmm. high. I love that place. I love going over to Hatch. 
Um, I can't Take wait for Bloom to open up for real. Janelle and I are doing a little pop up there Friday night. Oh, cool! Yeah, a little pop up for thirty-two people. They're going to do some pop up wine dinners over the course of all what, of January. Actually, what Ian's doing is incredible. Uh, if you can, you can't get into Ian, he, I know. he has really booked it out. Ian Adamo, Sun yeah. Kitchen, Unreal. Oh yeah, he's, he's booked. And and Ricky. Oh yeah, first Michelin star. Ricky, yeah, that's pretty cool. Pastor's got a Janelle's Michelin star there a year and a half ago, I guess, and um, Ricky's guys just crushed it for us, and, mm-hmm. and we kind of we took the whole place over, so it was super fun. Where did you get the name McPrice? It's a family name. Yeah, yeah. it's a law firm. Don't don't let me yeah. lie to you. <laughs> McPrice Myers is really a fucking. It law just firm. sounds that's like yeah. really yeah. McPrice Myers got me two point one million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you remember that you commercial? You got a tax problem, McPrice Myers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and a bottle of wine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is what you need. Um, how, what is the website? How can people learn more about you and taste these beautiful wines? I mean, gosh, that white was like, I'm still going back to that white. It was yeah. so beautiful. And then this uh, Syrah blend. And then these, um, the, what do you call these, the estates? This, yeah, this is Ooh. the estate. We only make one wine currently from the estate. We take all of our best, best barrels. Oh, and, and then this is the Picker Street Cuvee, which is a similar style. We take our best stuff and blend it together and put together a, a beautiful wine. And you can taste all these wines in the tasting room? Absolutely. You got to get in here because these wines are so good. He's been doing this for a while. You know when you have a wine and a winemaker and a seller that is just like this cohesive kind of familial process, and and your wines just taste so good, and it's it's so um, fun to really talk to you about them. I always yeah. I've always enjoyed your company and, yeah. and talking to you about them. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate that. On a daily basis, if you come taste wine at McPrice, you'll be out there tasting wine, and I shit you not, you will hear. These interesting hoots, hollers, sing-alongs coming, screaming through the wine reach of the patio. And people will chuckle. And I've heard people who, who were doing the tasting, Sean or whomever, they, they look at the people and they, they laugh and they go, that's just uh, that's just happy winemakers making yeah, make a yeah, wine in the back I just having that. a good time. That's so cool. The website again? McPriceMyers.com. And we also just went live with HardworkingWines.com, too. HardworkingWines.com. There you go. That's a cool URL to have. Yeah. HardworkingWines.com. Could you, was that easy to get, or did you have to buy that? Uh, like, was it just available when you went search for it? Yeah. Oh. We were able to get it. Yeah. Nice. We've worked on this a long time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Billy, always good to see you, man. This good was a lot of brother. fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We've got to go out and get a cocktail. Uh-huh. And we need to drag Mac out with us. We yeah, can drag him out. Sure. <laughs> drag him out. <laughs> I just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll go have a drink, of course. I'd love to chat more. And thanks for uh, chatting with us. And really appreciate it, Adam. Man, well, thanks for sharing where wine takes you and these beautiful wines. Cheers, uh, gentlemen. And Cheers, guys. Thank, thank you for having us. Congratulations, Wine Person of the Year. Oh. Yeah, congrats. Thank right you. There. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll be here all week. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is done. Get out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Wow, well, thanks so much to both those gentlemen, Billy Grant, Pastor Robles Wine, Industry Person of the Year, much deserved, congrats, my man, and Mac. Leading the team, owner and winemaker of McPrice Myers, those wines were insane. Get on these wines, follow them on socials, visit them, taste the wines, and when you do, let them know you are thankful that you got a chance to meet them here on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. Well, we got a lot of fun episodes on the way. I can't wait for the next few. We mentioned Eric Jensen and Booker in this episode. We will sit down with Eric soon and chat all about the big acquisition of Booker to Constellation. You do not want to miss that. He said we can ask him anything and you can bet I will. 
Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Hasso Wine. Associate producer is Jen Bravo. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Well, next time you are cruising the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My weekday morning show, Up and Adam in the Morning, heard on Wine Country Radio, The Crush 92.5. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Thank you for hanging out. And until next time, lift that glass up. Cheers to a new year. And cheers to where wine takes you. And give me that sound, get bowing, pass on down till the job is Camp out in the trees, it will simplify and work come. Give me that sound, get bowing, pass on down till the job is Camp out in the trees, it will simplify and work come. Give me that sound, get bowing, pass on down till the job is out in the trees, we will simplify in good company. When that moonshine will get by, we pass on round till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, we will simplify in good company.